Responsibility. If you go look it up in the dictionary, this is what you get. The state or the fact of being responsible. Answerable or accountable for something within one's power of management. And if you were to ask me to define responsibility to you, it's being responsible for what's put in your care. And we see that in the word, like with the parable of the talents, we see how he gives them money. Later, he says, hey, you've been faithful with what I've given you. Here, I'll give you more. They were taking care of what they've been given, right? I speak a lot on like what I've gone through. And I've learned things the hard way most of my life. One of the things with responsibility is I always used to put the responsibility on God to take care of my life. And he does. He does take care of us. He's a father. But at the same time, he doesn't take you out of the equation. And all through the word, you'll see it. And we're going to point out some of it here. And so I used to try to take that responsibility and deflect it away from me and, and put it all on God as if it wasn't a partnership, as if it was all him. And so responsibility to me wasn't a God-ordained thing. It was a God thing that he's responsible to take care of me. And God's like, we're in this together. So Galatians 6, 4 says this, but let each one examine his own work and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone, not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. That's responsibility. Each one bearing his own load. You're responsible for you. You're responsible for how things go. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Matthew 25. I'm going to read in the Passion Translation. Just because we've heard it so much in other translations. But heaven's kingdom is like a wealthy man who went on a long journey and summoned all his trusted servants. He assigned his financial management over to them. You get that? The wealthy man assigned his financial management over to his servants. Who does that? Before he left on his journey, he entrusted a bag of 5,000 gold coins to one of his servants, to another bag, 2,000 gold coins, and to another third bag of 1,000 gold coins, each according to his ability to manage responsibility each according to his ability to manage. The one entrusted with 5,000 gold coins immediately went out, traded the money, and he doubled his investment. In the same way, the one who was entrusted with 2,000 gold coins traded it with the sum and likewise doubled his investment. But the one who had been entrusted with 1,000 gold coins dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. After much time had passed, the master returned to settle accounts with his servants. The one who had been entrusted with 5,000 gold coins came and brought the 10,000, saying, See, I have doubled your money. Commending his servant, good job, good job. Basically, what I'm trying to show you is that the master was kind. And he was giving. He gave to his servants. He said, Here, take care of this for me. You have done well. You have proven yourself to be my loyal and trustworthy servant. He's rejoicing over him. He's telling him how good he is. Because you have been a faithful steward to manage a small sum, now I will put you in charge of much, much more. Here, 
Because you've been faithful with this, let me give you more. Here, more and more. You will experience the delight of your master. His master is saying, I'm going to pour out my delight on you. I'm going to show you how proud I am of you. And he says, enter into the joy of the Lord. Obviously, we know this is a conversation between God and us. You're seeing God's character come out. And first of all, he gives to us. And second of all, when we do well, he's like, here, I'll give you more. Let me show you how good you are. Let me show you how proud of you I am. And then he says, enter into my joy. That sounds like a pretty good God, right? That sounds like, yeah, he's loving, he's giving. But look what happened to the one who had been entrusted with 1,000 gold coins. He came to his master and he said, look, sir. I know that you are a hard man. What? Where did he come up with this? You're a hard man. You're entrusting the finances, the kingdom to your servants. How can that be hard? That's giving. You're a hard man to please. And you're shrewd. You'll see that this one that hid the money, he had a twisted view of his master. He didn't see his master for who he was. You're a hard man to please. You're shrewd. You're a ruthless businessman. This is a conversation between God and us. Many of us see God as a hard man to please. Shrewd. And I was afraid of you. His view of God twisted the way he responded to what God had given him. To the point where he was afraid. I was like that. I saw God like that. I thought he was going to beat me down for every little move I made. It affected the way I lived for him. My point with this parable is there's a responsibility that we have with what God's given us. God's given us a marriage, a kid, job, a business. It could be your finances, taking care of yourself, being responsible for, for this. We all know the Bible says where much is given, much is required. Now hear me out. This is not a hard message. It's not you got to be responsible. Because here's the deal. All of this, it's done in partnership with God. It's we're one with God. We're partnering with God. You're in Christ and Christ is in you. Right? A oneness is like this. It's together. It's a meshing. So that's how we do life. The Passion Translation says, in life union with Christ. It's not a dictatorship. If it was all God, that's a dictatorship. It's a meshing. It's a back and forth. And that's, that's where responsibility comes in. It's not you being responsible for what He gives you on your own. I am fully convinced from what I know of God. If any of them would have went to God and said, Hey, Master, you've given me this money, but I don't know how to increase it. What do I need to do? And He would tell them. This is what you need to do. It would have been that simple. So what we see in the parable of the talents is that there's blessings for responsibility. Straight up. And we know this. There's blessings for responsibility. Galatians 6, 8 says, For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And every time you see everlasting life, 
It's not just talking about heaven. It's talking about here on earth. Here's a good way to put it. God life. It's God life. You're experiencing the God life on this earth. Let us not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, you will reap if you do not lose heart. So there's blessings and responsibility. Keep doing what you know to do. Keep being faithful with what he's given you and you'll start seeing the blessings of it. A productive and healthy life. We all want that. We want things to go well. Better paying jobs, a better marriage, kids that obey. Peace, joy, happiness, stability. Everybody wants stability. We want to be prosperous. We want to be well off. Those are the fruits of responsibility. And I've learned this the hard way. But although all of us in here could probably say that we want the fruits of responsibility, I know for me, many a times I've deflected it. But I got four areas that we deflect our responsibility. One of them is we deflect our responsibility onto others. Like, I hate my job because of my boss. My marriage is bad because my wife won't submit to me. My kids are bad because my, my wife doesn't know how to parent. I'm deflecting that responsibility onto other people. I'm, I'm not fulfilling my call as an evangelist because my pastor doesn't recognize my gift. You're deflecting that onto other people. I deal with pornography because my wife doesn't treat me right. The other one is, number two, onto other situations. Instead of taking the responsibility, well, I was conditioned this way. Well, it's the way I, it's the way I was taught. It's the way I grew up. I can't help others in need because of my financial situation. You're always finding excuses. You're always putting the responsibility off to someone else. Uh, fourth one, a big one, huge one. We deflect our responsibility on the devil. I'm being attacked by the devil. Oh man, I just blew my engine up in my car. The devil's attacking me. No, you didn't put oil in it. You didn't maintain it. You're not taking care of what God given you. Man, Jason, the devil was attacking me today. My marriage, dude, he was all over it. No, you've been sowing crap into your marriage. You came home with a bad attitude, but it was the devil's fault. And then the last one I have, and hear me out on this one, it's we deflect it on God. God's just going to take care of it. My life had gotten so crazy messed up, and it was such a mess that my only way out that I could see was God coming down and just taking care of it. I knew my life was getting ready to crash, and I would not take responsibility for any of it. I was waiting for God just to fix it. And God was like, all you got to do is start being faithful with what I've given you. I literally lost everything. It crumbled. I lost a marriage. I lost my friends. I lost a house. I lost a business. Totally crumbled. And I knew it was coming. Man, I, I was juggling that thing. But it, I was just waiting for God to swoop down and fix it. So all of these things that we do, instead of taking responsibility, we deflect it. 
And what that does is like quicksand that you're deflecting responsibility and you're slowly just sinking deeper and deeper and you can't move and your life's getting more and more crappy because you're putting it off on other people. You're putting it off on the devil. You're waiting on God to fix it. But he's like, be responsible. Be a good steward of what I've given you. Be faithful with what I've given you. But when we deflect it, nothing ever gets fixed, right? It just never gets fixed. I used to talk a lot about being sober-minded. And that's really what it comes down to. Just like being sober-minded, being honest with yourself, saying, you know what? It's not the devil. I didn't take care of my car. I need to start taking care of my car. I need to check the oil. I need to do oil changes. I need to do my part. I said this, when we quit reflecting, we can partner with the Father to clean up some of the things in our lives and get us where we desire to be. So again, it's not on your own. It's doing it in partnership with the Father. He works with us to confirm His Word, right? So we're talking about responsibility. Immediately when I started putting this together, I started seeing that it's not just responsibility. It's response-ability. It's our response to His ability. We all know the scriptures that says He gives us the ability to gain wealth. He gives us the ability, but it's our response to that ability to gain wealth the two work together. It's our response to His ability. I like this tree here. I could put a seed in the ground, I can water it, but I can't make the tree grow. The Bible talks about that. But it's our response of putting the seed in the ground, giving it some water, God's ability grows that tree. It's our response to His ability in us. It's kind of like this. The Bible says, James says, faith without works is dead. It's faith without response is dead. Faith comes from God. He's put that ability in you. But without you responding to it, it's dead. Ah, but now you're getting into work, Serge. No. One of the little phrases I heard this week, it's not about works. It's about the way it works. It's the way it works. You could tie this back to righteousness and unrighteousness. Walking in righteousness is our response to His Word. Our response to what He's telling us to do. If we don't do that, we can't expect the benefits of responsibility. We can't expect the benefits of walking in righteousness if we're not walking in righteousness. Right? It's not about works. It's about the way it works. Faith without response is useless. It's dead. It's not just Him. It's not just us. It's doing it together. Our response to His ability. And what I've found, it's really that simple. You will, you will be amazed at how fast life will change when you just start taking responsibility. When I found out that the devil was defeated and that I wasn't being attacked all the time, dude, my life changed so quick. So quick. Because it put the responsibility back on me. If the devil's not attacking me, and if it's not God's fault, I got some things I got to take care of. And man, it totally changed everything. Completely. Here's some examples of our response to His ability in the Word of God. 
I set before you life and death. Choose life. His ability is being the life producer. I can't produce life, but he does. My response is to choose it. Peter walking on water. Jesus tells Peter to, walk, to come out, walk on water. So the word went out to him. Hey, come walk on water. Peter can't walk on water. That's God's ability. But it, Peter's response was to step out of the boat. He responded to God's ability. And when he did, he started walking on water. And even when he started drowning, he's like, it's okay, just keep your eyes on me. The Great Commission. God's ability to confirm his word through signs and wonders, right? Our response is to go, is to step out, is to do. And as we do, as the word says, he confirms his word by working with us. So what we see is when we respond to his ability, it creates things in our lives that are unseen or beyond human or it, it, it expedites things. That's probably the biggest thing that I've seen in my life is when I respond to his ability in me, that mess gets cleaned up like that. My life changes like that. It don't take years to clean up a mess I made. It just takes care of it. He takes care of it pretty quick. I don't know how much I've told you guys, but I'm going to tell you a few little instances like this that I've seen where I was at a Taco Bell where all the kids hung out at every Friday night. I felt the Lord say, go speak to this bald-headed, shaved-head kid. And I went, and he was not happy with me. And he started cussing at me. And I just felt really adamant that the Lord is like, really won't let me leave this kid alone. So I followed him to his car. It was past curfew. They were trying to get home. He was in, in the back seat. I convinced him to get out of his back seat and let me lay hands on his shoulder. As he stood there, I yelled, power of God. And I laid hand on his shoulder and he fell flat, straight down, flat on his butt. And he got up just yelling, it's happening real, man, it's happening real. And he's crying and he's getting in the back seat. And I kind of went wacko after that. But the point being is I could have stayed in my seat, but my response to God's ability created a testimony, a moment that dude would never forget. There was a girl standing in back of me when that happened. And I saw her years later as I'm working at a bagel shop. She came in and I was like, what are you doing here? And she told me a story that she would go to parties and they would see each other and turn away and go the opposite way. Conviction. He knew that was real. My response when I was walking down Woodland Hills Mall, me and Ben, passed by a kid with his family. He had cerebral palsy in a wheelchair. We both looked at each other and we're like, oh man, God's going to make us do this. He ain't going to make you, but that's how we thought. So we just stalked the guy for a little bit. And so they're in the men's section at Dillard's and we just walked over to his parents and said, can we pray for your son? And we prayed for him and his hands went straight and he fell out under the spirit. Healed. We freaked out and left right away. <laughs> Our response to that leading, we would have never saw that if we wouldn't have responded to that leading. 
we all were praying to go out one day. And the Lord said, go to the carnival. So we went to the fair at the exit. And we waited for people to come out. And we said, can we just pray for you? And most people were very hesitant. But they would let us pray for them. We'd pray for them. Boom, they'd fall. There'd be like 10, 15 people that really didn't want to get prayed for and didn't know God. Fell out under the Spirit. Other people would walk out and go, what's going on? We're just praying for people. Would you, would you like to be prayed for? Uh, I, I, I guess. And it was like that for, man, a good 30 minutes or so before we got kicked out. But it was, it was like 35 people or so that fell out under the Spirit. It was like everybody we prayed for. And they would get up just crying and, and just making these commitments to God. Our response created something in the unseen realm. It created something that was beyond us. Our response activated his ability. It's a partnership. It's a coming together. I've been in financial messes nearly my entire life. And a few years ago, I was like, enough's enough. And this is when I figure out I'm not attacked by the devil all the time. Enough's enough. And so I started going after it. And very quickly, we came to this spot where, oh, we do have enough money. How did that happen? His response to that ability to gain wealth showed us that there is a place that we can live where we're not always behind. And it happened quickly. 2 Peter 1.3 to you. It says, His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us. That, that's the ability. He has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That's His ability. Here, I give it to you. Through the knowledge of Him who called us by His glory and virtue, by which He has given to us, He has given us exceedingly great and precious promises. That's His ability. That through these things, you may be, you may be partakers of the divine nature. That to me implies you may or may not. It all hangs on your response to it. He's given it so that you may be a part of it. So your response is going to allow you to be a part of it. You have to partner with him. That you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. To me, that basically says anything that's corrupt in the world, you don't have to be a part of it. You can escape it. So I ask you a question. What are you facing? What's messy in your life? What needs cleaned up? According to that scripture, it's all been given. So what's our response to it? And sometimes we got to go to God and say, how do I respond to this? I see what you're saying. I know what you want from me. I have this desire, this desire but how do I respond to that? What part are we playing in this? What role do we play in this? If you deflect responsibility, our response to his ability you could end up with a diseased gallbladder, as all of you know. 
I ended up in the hospital last week. And I'll give you a little testimony. For years, I've been hearing the Holy Spirit telling me that I needed to change my eating habits. Big time. I can remember waking up in the middle of the night like he was screaming like, you have to drink water. <laughs> Seriously. And it would scare me. You have to drink water. Oh, but it's so hard. And I did. I increased my water intake to like one bottle a day. <laughs> Maybe two. Hey, that's hard. It never, it never should have happened. But it was the fruit of unrighteousness because he was telling me, he was leading me into green pastures, but I wasn't following. I had all these areas I'm following, but I am like slowly going in that direction. And people might say, well, doesn't God protect us? And it's not about that. It's like me telling Adam, bro, quit playing in the highway. If you play in the highway, I'm telling you, you're, you're probably going to get hit. That's what God was doing to me. He was saying, listen, that is going to lead to death in your life, some form of death in your life. And it did. And he warned me and he tried to keep me from it, but I kept going down the same path. Even with the warnings, even telling people, it's like God saying, don't jump into the fire. And you're like, I jump into the fire. And then we're like, why didn't you protect me? It's like, I tried to. I told you not to jump in the fire. And it wasn't the devil attacking my body. It was me not responding to his ability within me. I've not been responsible. I've not been a good, faithful steward with what he's given me actually horrible my entire life it didn't have to be that way it shouldn't have been that way but my lack of responding to his word produce death it's unrighteousness produces death the bible says but righteousness following his way in his heart produces life so now my response to his ability within me, he gives us everything for life and godliness. You'll prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers, the Bible says. I'm asking the Lord, how do I do this? I don't know how to eat healthy. How do I do this? I'm asking him, help me walk this out because it stinks. I can't eat anything I like. So I'm asking the Lord, how do I walk this? I need your help. I've escaped to the bathroom several times this week. Because that's my place I go when I get overwhelmed. I'm just going there and get away from everybody like, Lord, I, I need you right now. I need your help. I'm asking. I'm seeking, Lord. I'm listening. I'm searching out how. I'm searching out what to eat. I'm searching out recipes. Nikki and Robert have offered to do a session with me, which I'm going to take them up on. That's pulling on my community. I got a dude right here's wealth of health info right here. And just exploring. That's me seeking. And then knocking is taking all these things and I walk out what I sought out. I'm walking it out. I'm implementing it. I'm trying it. I'm taking action. So to sum up, he gives us the abilities to walk this resurrected life out. To walk in a way that's beyond us, to see things and miracles and signs and wonders that are beyond us, 
to have a life that's beyond us. That's all set before us. I've given you all things for life and godliness. But it's our response to that ability that produces the fruits of it. So that we may be partakers of it. I'm going to end with this. In James where it says faith without works is dead or in the surge translation, faith without response is useless. When you go to that chapter, it starts out by saying, consider it joy when you face trials of many kind. So the whole topic is talking about your trials, what you're facing. And he gives you the faith there, but it's your response to it that helps you overcome that trial. It's not just him, it's both of us. And it says that if anyone lacks wisdom, he can ask of God, still on the same subject. If anyone lacks wisdom, ask of God and he gives it liberally. Why? So that you can overcome that trial. So I wanna pray. I want you to focus in on areas the Lord might be highlighting to you this evening that are in your life that need work that thing is waiting for a response. It's waiting for you to respond to that God-given ability. That thing in your life is waiting for redemption. It's waiting to be cleaned up. It doesn't belong there and it knows it. And your soul is crying out for redemption. Your soul is crying out for, for that response to God's ability. So Father, I thank you for the areas you have highlighted in our lives tonight. And God, I thank you that you don't highlight them for no reason. You don't highlight them because they're never going to get fixed. You're highlighting them because there's a way for these things to be cleaned up, to be cleared out, and to be straightened out. And God, I pray right now for every person in this room that is dealing with any area, any area that you've highlighted, God, I pray for your response to be revealed to them. Your word says that if we lack wisdom, that we can ask and you'll give it liberally. So God, we ask for your wisdom to walk things out as they should in righteousness and in holiness. I'm asking that you reveal your response to everyone in this room. How we are supposed to respond to your ability that you've given us. And God, I think that as we walk these things out, they are cleared up, they are cleaned out, they are straightened out quickly. That as we walk these things out, that as we respond to your ability, to your word, to your righteousness, that it unlocks the unseen. It unlocks things beyond us. It brings the realms of manifested heaven abundantly into these situations. Those areas that have held us down, that have kept us broke, that have kept us out of even abundance. We may not be struggling, but we need abundance to provide for this world, to provide for your people. God, show us your response to that. A kingdom response. And God, I pray that you unlock the windows of heaven. And there's abundance poured out on this house, on, on this community. I thank you for testimonies, Lord. 
Testimonies that come from us walking out as we respond to the faith that you've placed in us.